everyone, welcome to Cooldowns with Colin, Season 2, Episode 3. I apologize for the long layoff after Season 2, Episode 2 with Trevor Halstead. Uh, a lot of things have been going on, I've gotten engaged, um, started planning a move to Massachusetts next year for med school, but that's no excuse. A practice is a practice, and I intend to practice this podcast faithfully over the next two months, my last two months in California. So, without further ado... Cooldowns with Colin, Season 2, Episode 3, with Raymond Liu, Coach at Performance Games. Recording this episode from Performance Games, a gym on California Avenue that the Strava Track Club has been working with over the past six months or so. We come here on Tuesday nights after our track workouts to get a little lifting in to finish up the session. Um, for this recording, we're also being generously lent a very fancy microphone uh, from Chris Gaines, who is the uh, owner and founder of Performance Gains. Um, and has his own podcast, which you can find on www.performancegains.com, called PG Tips, I believe, Yes. right now. Um, so we're here with Raymond Liu, who is one of our coaches uh, who works with us on Tuesday nights. Um, and so I'll start this off by, by telling you how many of us feel on Tuesday nights post-track workout. Okay. Everyone's... A little tired, you've been through a long workout, haven't had dinner yet, and most of us want to go home after we finish our track workout. Yeah. Why should we come to performance gains to finish up the session? Um, so, understandably so, you guys have probably worked out, you know, exhaustively at the track, um, doing your regular track workouts, but kind of incorporating that, that strength work is important to... Um, allow your body to recover um, and you hear the term a lot active recovery uh, most people commonly kind of consider recovery as just like turning off your body and resting which is important as well but to kind of um, allow your muscles to actively move and get that blood flow going through their muscles especially in the legs and the hips and in your back um, basically just being able to to recover more efficiently uh, and also working on technique work and strengthening work and that's kind of what we've been doing with you guys here at Performance Games. Um, so briefly to kind of go over what we do as a whole, um, the gym, Performance Games, we're, you know, like you said, we're a gym, uh, but we also do, you know, we mainly do personal training. We also do classes, group fitness classes, and we also have open gym workouts. So if you're someone who wants to just come in and work out on your own. Um, but some of the, uh, much of the philosophy that we believe in and that we try to convey with our clients is, you know, contextualizing what you're working out for. Uh, many of the gyms out there, uh, especially those big chain gyms, they just kind of want you to come in, pay for a membership, work out, go about your day. Um, for us, it's more of like, 
you know, do you have a purpose? Do you have intention when you work out, when you come in? Um, do you have a goal that you want to accomplish? Um, and then if you have a goal, how are you going to accomplish that goal? And so our trainers, our coaches, everyone here at staff, uh, we want to make sure we help everyone that walks through the door um, accomplish that goal, whether if it's for an athletic performance or if it's just pain management or even if it's just getting started on um, living a healthier, fit life. Um, we basically try to equip you with the best tools to kind of get you there. So. Yeah, and I, I've personally found that to be pretty helpful. Um, I've been in running for over 10 years now, uh, and so I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of core exercises and routines that are out there for runners. But I still find myself either lacking motivation or um, just not having the time to set aside to to do lifts and really to think about it, um, think about what types of lifts I'm going to mm-hmm. do beforehand. So I I have found the the lifting coaching to be to be very helpful. Um, and so yeah, talk a little bit more about the the philosophy of, of having uh, individual and group coaching rather than mm-hmm. just offering fitness equipment and letting people have at it. Yeah, so, you know, individual fitness and group coaching uh, varies, right? Um, if you're going to do individual, if you're specifically one person seeing a strength training coach, um, obviously you're, you're, you're going to get that more personal um, and individualized training. Um, that coach will know specifically how you move, what to improve on, um, your specific goals. And when you put it in a group setting, um, you, we still want that personalized touch in terms of being able to um, focus in on what you guys need as, as runners. But everyone is different. We understand that everyone has different kind of aches and pains and mobility issues, strengthening issues. Um, specifically with your guys' team, some people are better lifters than others and other people are more mobile than others. Um, so in a group setting, you know, you want to try to attack those issues as much as possible. And, and, and the only constraint really is just time. Um, you know, Coach Dion and myself, we'd love to be able to go to each and every one of you guys and, and assess and, and, and program specifically what well for you, uh, you guys. But um, we try to do it um, in a in a focused broad setting, if that's an actual term that makes sense. But you know, given that all you guys are runners, um, we we again contextualize the strength training, and so those that's the difference between a group and um, individualized training. So um, there's definitely benefits to both. Um, for you guys, it's it's definitely making sure that the strength training that you do supplements your running and it's not going to just be, hey, like like you said, coming in and, and using equipment, go ahead and kind of go at it. Uh, we want to give you guys some instruction. We want to give you guys some purpose as to why you would be doing a kettlebell deadlift or why you would be doing some side lunges or why would you be doing, um, sitting in a 90-90 position, like kind of what we did last night, um, being able to explain, hey, this is gonna allow you to be, your hips to be a little bit mobile and to have more control, especially in those areas of fatigue, you know, if you're doing a long run. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, there's always a purpose to, to everything that we want to do. Um, you may not be explain that right away, but definitely the programming, the workouts that we um, give you guys, it's like there's a, there's a reason to it. Yeah, and so um, I heard you talking a little bit about what group coaching is like for runners. Uh, you mentioned side lunges and kettlebell swings and some specific exercises. Uh, and so when you uh, look at a running group, a group of runners, what sorts of things come to mind from a strength training perspective? Like what, what weaknesses are you... Uh, really attuning to mm -hmm. what sorts of exercises do you teach and coach to supplement the running and to help prevent injuries so uh, again a lot of stuff is going to be kind of somewhat broad um, and I'm not going to be able to we're not going to be able to address every single running issue but to just kind of speak in general terms most of the time in our experience um, with a group of runners, especially long distance runners, uh, you know, hip mobility is a, is a main, is a big thing. Um, and that just comes with, you know, your guys' running regiment. You know, you're spending so much time running, um, there's going to be a lot of tightness in the hips that kind of build up um, deep within the hips. And then also, um, you know, glutes. And most, again, in our experience, most of the time, um, we've, with runners, we've experienced uh, weak glutes. It's not to say that, um, oh, your glutes are so weak you can't like run or anything like that. It's just given that running is very, very, you know, forward most of the time, um, it's going to work a lot of your quads. Um, but with glute activation, it's just trying to make sure you're you're also strengthen, strengthening the posterior chain of your of your body. Okay, your hamstrings and also your glutes. Um, allowing you those big muscles to also work in conjunction with your you know, your hips and your quads and your ankles and because we believe everything is connected right so if you're so focused on one thing and you forget one area on whole other side of your body which is your backside um, obviously you're going to compensate you know that's what generally what happens so um, yeah when we meet a group of runners or or, or a runner in general, we uh, usually go through an assessment of testing out their glute strength and their unilateral glute strength, and we do stuff that would typically it's like a you could do a hip bridge, you know, um, which is basically laying on the ground, digging your uh, your feet into the into the ground and raising your hips and see how high you can get it up, um, see how if you're activating it, and then also. Um, a single leg hip bridge is so basically same thing doing a hip bridge but then lifting one leg up and a good indication of that is is seeing if that person's hips tilt um, now if, if, if they have good balance and have pretty good unilateral glute strength within each leg there won't be so much tilt but if there's a lot of tilt that just means there's some, some imbalances so we're going to work on that uh, and then again when you're working on that, that allows a runner to, um, to keep their glutes and their hamstrings working on those long distance runs, and it's going to prevent injury. Um, so those are some of the things that we commonly see and that we try to work on. Yeah, um, and I've, I've definitely seen the value of that in, in my training, in my teammates' training. 
um, just having more stable hips and, and stronger glutes. But I think in in the running community as a whole, there there are different camps when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, how people view strength training. Right. And some people, and kind of the, the philosophy that I um, grew up in throughout high school and college is that it's important to lift, um, it's important to do um, kind of more like Olympic lifts. Right. Uh, my college coach was, was very into that. Um, just because it makes you a better athlete, yeah. um, it, it helps prevent injuries, mm-hmm. etc. But I know there are uh, other college teams and other pro teams that don't value it nearly as much. I've um, heard of some teams that um, you know might do some core exercises every yeah. now and then, but, but lifting as a whole, they kind of describe as borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. It's, it's taken away from time you, you could be running. running so so what do you say to people who would rather put in another five mile run instead of getting in the gym for 30 or 40 minutes? Um, because they think that the extra mileage will help propel them more than, uh, 30 or 40 minutes in the gym would. Um, personally for me, I am going to lean more towards the, the lifting and the strength training portion of it. Now, if you're a pretty solid runner and you have years of experience in running, okay, and you know your pace, you know your cadence, you're, you're pretty solid in your running technique, right? Say if you've got that down. I'm going to lean more of like, okay, well, if, if you've got that down, you might as well work on something that you're not so good at versus maintaining something that you've pretty much already uh, know how to do. Um, but on the other side of that, there, like you said, there's, I think what happens and that turns people off is they see a strength training coach or they go to, uh, they start a uh, strength training regiment or program. And I think that the strength training coach kind of gets carried away with the, with the training program. I agree that Olympic lifting can be very beneficial. I think it's a, it's a very beneficial to the general public, even if you're not a runner or anything like that. Developing strong back, strong core, explosive hips, you know, power generation, you know, all those things are going to be beneficial for a runner, being able to just basically propel you forward. But I think, like, if you're going, if you're a runner and you go see an Olympic lifting coach, um, yeah, they're going to teach you a lot of solid technique work and a lot of great strength training program, but it's not going to necessarily make sense for you as a runner because as a runner, you're not going to be competing in Olympic lifting. Um, So I think coaches tend to get carried away with that okay and then you know and I have experience with Olympic lifting and weightlifting programs typically tends to be like you know you're you're constantly testing you're constantly trying to get stronger so you're trying to increase your your numbers um, but then you get to a certain point again if you're a runner there's gonna there's no sense for you to cheat, keep trying to get stronger and stronger and stronger because th- at, at some point it's going to take away from your ability to uh, maintain a pace or run faster, more consistent or more more efficient. Um, To take a step back into that, you know, if I compare long distance running with uh, Olympic lifting in a competition setting, you know, weightlifting, a lift takes not even a minute. It could take like seconds. And on the other side of that spectrum, a run is hours. So those, um, modes just don't make sense if you're just so concentrated on training one way and you're trying to take that 
and apply it to uh, long distance running. Uh, but definitely, there's be- definitely you know benefits from tra- incorporating that kind of training. I think, uh, like I said, people get turned off by it because they have a they meet a coach or they do a program that just starts to affect the running, and we that's what you don't want to do, right? You don't want to substitute your strength training program with your running program. You want to supplement it. So um, and that's kind of what we want to make sure we do with Strava. Like that's why we keep your guys' strength training, uh, strength training program to like 30 to 40 minutes, not a full hour. And even then, you guys are really only lifting from like 20 minutes because you're 10 minutes of that spent warming up. Because we, often late, so. That too. Um, but we, we understand like you guys just came from a run. You guys probably have more running training after that later in the week or run coming up. And we don't want to be like, well, you still got to get your lift in. You know, um, and we, that's why it's important to have that open dialogue to let us know, uh, hey, I have a race coming up, so I don't want to exhaust my legs, right? You want to, and you have that taper off, so we understand that. And I think some, in, in our experience, we've heard people be like, yeah, I've done a strength training coach, and they just had me do heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, um, heavy kettlebell swings, or stuff like that. And ultimately, especially if they don't have a lifting background, that's how they get hurt. That's how they um, start taking away from their running and stuff like that. Um, and so it all depends. If you're a sprinter, obviously it's going to require a little bit more power generation, a little bit more Olympic lifting. Um, but again, not so much, right? It always depends on the context of the athlete. Yeah. Um, and I, I like what you said about um, kind of what I heard is two barriers for for runners getting into lifting the first being a runner who has never lifted before and doesn't know how to do a squat or doesn't know how to do a clean or a push press Mm -hmm. and um sees people lifting heavy weights doing these lifts Mm -hmm. and gets turned off and and decides that they don't want anything to do with it because it could be the other way where they're they're like they compare themselves and say, you know what, I could probably lift that. Exactly. And they lift way too heavy yep. and they hurt themselves. And all yeah, stuff, so. so that I, I feel like that's the second danger. And that, that happened to a lot of my teammates in college. It, mm-hmm. it became a competition of yeah. how much can you clean. You and guys are natural competitors. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so what do you do um, to kind of um, assuage those people's concerns and, and to get around these barriers for the athlete who doesn't know how to lift and so gets turned off and doesn't mm-hmm. want to and for the athlete who doesn't know how to lift but just gets competitive right so for the athlete who is a little timid when it comes to barbell movements strength training whatever the case may be a good coach would be able to well one have a good dialogue and explain to the athlete okay there's a reason why um, we, we need to have you strengthening your, your glutes, your quads, your, your, your back, you know, your shoulders, you know, stuff like that. They have to be able to explain the benefits to it, how it can benefit their running, not just in a general, you know, yeah, sure, everyone, it's nice to be strong, it's nice to get stronger, but what is it in terms of your running, okay? Um, and then being able to work with the athlete to work around some of the limitations that they might have. Most of the time when they're timid or they're, they tend to shy away from barbell movements or strength training is because they don't know how. And even if they know how to do it, they look at something and go, I, my hips aren't mobile enough to do that. I can't, I can't squat, to, I can't get my ass down to the grass. 
you don't need to, right? If I was a good coach and say, okay, if you are squatting down, I want to see how low you can get without losing your technique, without losing the core, without getting that butt wink, without having your heels lift off the ground. Just kind of slow and controlled, okay? And then as you once you get to a point where you feel like it's tough and that's as much control as the athlete can have, that'll be your, your depth, okay? And then you can just work, start there, okay? And then you start with lighter-ish weight, squat down to it, and then come back up, just nice and controlled. Now, if the athlete is like, I'd like to be able to squat deeper, and then you work on mobility stuff, and then you take away the weight, and then you just basically break down their squat. Um, that's, that's what I think would be the best way to do it. There's benefits to that as well, right? They're, they're mobilizing their hips more, mobilizing their ankles more, um, and being able to work that technique and be able to translate that to hopefully their running and being more comfortable when they run. For the athlete who's just, you know, like, oh, you know, I can squat that, like, you know, and again, this is that natural competitive nature we all have, which is great. But a good coach would be able to explain to them, like, there's no reason for you to squat, you know, 225 or throw on so much more weight. Um, and and looking at you squat and your 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 core is giving out, your your back is bending, and it just looks like a very very uncomfortable. Sure, even if you're able to squat that much, and that and you are able to get that bar high, um, coach will be able to sit down with the athlete and be like, look, one thing, your squat looks terrible. Two, it's like if you keep moving up and you keep squatting heavy, you're gonna eventually hurt yourself. Once you hurt yourself, you're not gonna be able to even run anymore right is that what you want um and just you know hey don't compare yourself to other athletes even if you're pretty strong and one athlete can squat quote unquote heavier than you um it'd be better off getting your technique down okay and if that's something that you want to eventually move into of squatting heavier let's make sure your technique is good so that way you're able to uh, lift longer and perform longer, especially in your runs. So yeah, it's just being having that conversation. I know that's very tough. Um, I've had experience where some people are just like, you know, they get into that whole competitive nature when they're lifting with other athletes, they're lifting with their, their teammates and you guys get into like this bro session. Um, and, I've, and I've had experience where people have gotten hurt because they just lifted way too much um, for their own good. So, uh, a good coach would be able to to differentiate those two settings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's really good advice and um, can help break down some of the barriers that prevent some runners from from ever getting into lifting. Yeah. Um, like in my experience, it's about swallowing your pride. I mean, it's I definitely don't squat as much as I used to, you know. And even when now, when I squat every now and then, you know, I'm throwing on weight and I squat it and I'm like and that felt heavier than it should have been and a part of me wants to be like you know what I know I can still squat 300 pounds I know I still can and I want to get there but I know that if I tried I would probably end up hurting myself okay because I haven't squat that much in a long time um and so as an athlete you know all you athletes out there uh, whatever the case may be it's okay to be like to go about how your body feels, even though your mind is, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I want, it's important to push yourself, right? To challenge yourself. 
But if you get to a point where your technique starts to compromise, you know, and your 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 back's starting to hurt, and there's just certain pains, just take it easy, right? You don't want to end up hurting yourself, and then you can't do anything at all, and that's like the worst case scenario for any athlete out there, you know. So yeah, uh, and and you have mentioned a couple of times about your background in in weightlifting mm-hmm. and in coaching. Um, so how how did you get started in, in weightlifting? So um, my background started. I mean, I started out with what most people start out with is working at a 24-hour fitness, um, just doing very general. I mean, I didn't know much then, but, you know, curls and pecs, backs, mm-hmm. and, like all that stuff. Oh, yeah. like, everyone starts beach out. Beach body. Beach body workouts. Yes. I think those are like the training wheel workouts for most uh, most people. And um, I actually started out doing CrossFit. Um, this is 2000. 13 maybe 2013 14 started doing crossfit um just kind of went you know all in with it uh i learned a lot i think i think crossfit is good for the exposure that it does for uh, all the stuff weightlifting gymnastics and plyometrics and all this stuff i know it gets a bad rap um in terms of injuries and stuff like that i was lucky enough to find a crossfit box that had good coaches in it um, that were really about technique first and doing a lot of the movements safely. So I did that for about a year. Um, and then I um, got into more weightlifting stuff, um, learning more, just focusing more on the techniques and, and getting stronger. Um, and I was able to find, again, good coaches that allowed me to kind of uh, learn a lot about the technique. Um, did weightlifting for about a year and a half. Um, I was decent at it. Um, by no means I was good. Actually, I don't consider myself. I didn't consider myself good at all. You know, weightlifting is a very tough sport. Um, but I definitely loved it. It's very interesting. The training regimen for it is like exhausting it's like almost two hours of lifting you know just squatting every day um, cleans snatches and all stuff like that ultimately I stopped um, one because I injured myself um, had a shoulder injury but I've had a bad shoulder for uh, a long time um, but with that I learned a lot of stuff so got into that and then I started working here at performance gains and kind of learned uh, a lot about what Chris does and again it's that um, at that time I was kind of like all weightlifting get stronger squats stuff like that too which was cool and then when I started learning about performance games and being here more it's more of like you know overall lifestyle you know I wanted to even though I was pretty strong I was pretty much in pain a lot of the time just aches and pains you know back glutes and all this stuff um, kind of mostly my fault though because I didn't do the proper recovery stuff so starting uh, working out here is more very general uh, health maintenance you know a mix of mobility a mix of agility and stuff like that too um, you know I I'd never really traditionally went to coaching um, I don't actually consider myself a coach and I, I appreciate you uh, calling me one but um, I feel like for those who have the experience and who've gone through the education 
of being a coach. Like I know a good coach. Uh, there's definitely a lot of good coaches out there. I, I know some stuff and me being able to share what I know with other people, I love doing that, but um, I would know, in no way I would be able to like start coaching um, traditionally and officially with other people. Uh, I'm definitely more interested in the business side of it in the, in the fitness industry. So that's my background, a lot of strength stuff, being able to be strong. Um, and then now I'm actually doing more uh, trail running and a little more of endurance stuff. Um, I'm, I don't necessarily like running, but I know the benefits of it and I can understand the, uh, the, the challenge of it. It is challenging, especially for a guy like me who's traditionally bigger and um, stronger. You know, starting out for running, man, that was tough. Just being able to move my body size forward. So. Um, a lot of you guys that do the, the running out there, it's challenging, you know, challenging in itself. And I have to give a lot of respect to runners. Yeah, so what, what, do you, what have you seen as some of the similarities and differences between training for a trail run versus mm -hmm. training uh, for a lift? I think each, each has their own, you know, uh, issues in terms of aches and pains with trail running. It's most of the time it's ankles, you know, some knee stuff, um, definitely some tight hips again. I think tight hips are very common between the weightlifting and running, um, glutes and stuff like that. Uh, definitely more quad in terms of running, especially in trail running because we're running up hills. In weightlifting, it was a lot of it is, you know, in weightlifting, it's pretty much whole body. You know, shoulders, you know, uh, neck, back, whatever the case may be. Uh, and these are just aches and soreness. Um, only in rare cases where I felt like I couldn't get up in the morning and stuff like that. That's when this, that's just overtraining and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, if, if for me, it's if trail running, if my uh, glutes are sore, my quads are very tight, I do, I make sure to, to do what I can in the gym of rolling out, stretching, doing the mobility work, doing some FRC stuff um, to allow me to run comfortably outside, right? So uh, that's the type of training and recovery that I do um, nowadays, yeah. Cool. Um, and so kind of one more topic uh, before we wrap things up uh, is how to reach out to the community as a gym or as a running group. Um, so Strava and Performance Gains mm -hmm. teamed up a couple weekends back to put on this community right. run clinic. Yeah. Um, and so how does that kind of fit in with the mission of Performance Gains? Uh, and um, yeah, how do you think that went? And yeah. uh, what are you trying to do with that in the future? So, you know, the running clinic... Um, was an idea of Dina, your guys' head coach. Um, thank you, Dina. Um, and I think she, she and I both share um, the idea of, of community and community building and having community events and reaching out to those who are not just within these walls and within your guys' walls, but those outside who enjoy running or have a shared um, interest in athletics or whatever the case may be. And basically welcoming those people, you know, whether they come in and try to learn something new about running or strength training 
or if they're pretty experienced and they just kind of want to sh- share what they know and just build a community and run with other people. So that's yeah, so what we're trying to do is, uh, you know, the big, the big word is just community and reaching out. Uh, we are having, we're planning another run clinic. Um, we're, we're anticipating to be in June. Uh, and again, our purpose is just kind of opening our doors for those out there who want to learn how to run. Either they're starting out or they want to get better at it. You know, Dina has so much knowledge out there. She knows so much. She's a very, very, very experienced and knowledgeable head coach um, in terms of running. And I think she, like many good coaches, they just want to share knowledge. Okay? Uh, they just want to be able to teach others and explain the benefits and, and how to run better, how to run more efficiently. And same thing with us. Um, you know, for us, it's just ex- we want to share out there and get exposure for, for uh, performance gains. Um, hey, you know, we're, we're still fairly new. We're still fairly young. You know, we've only been open for about a year and a half or so, almost two years in August. And, you know, a lot of people out there still don't know who we are, what we do. And with good reason, there's so many gyms out there. The fitness industry is so saturated. And um, so it, as, to the general public, as a common person, you know, what is the difference? Like, what's the difference between us and Equinox and us and other gyms out there, you know? Um, so we want to do what we can to uh, market ourselves and be like, hey, you know, if, if so you want to try something new, you want to learn something new and, and try, be better at what you're, whatever it is that you want to do, come try us out. Make sure we're right fit for us. And so that's what we're trying to do is just really build a good community within the gym, but also contribute to the, the fitness community out there. Yeah. yeah. And so if someone is out there in the community and is interested in performance gains, where can they find you, either online or in person? So definitely visit our website, performancegains.com. That's performance and gains is spelled G-A-I-N-E-S. Um, Gaines is the last name of Chris Gaines. So I appreciate play on, that plan. Play on words, yeah. Um, and then we have our Facebook page. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Performance Gains. Um, just search it up. Uh, and then also our Instagram, Performance Gains, same thing. Uh, so a lot of the information we have on there. Uh, of course, we always welcome people to just stop by. There's always someone here at the gym. Come on in, you know, say, hey, heard you guys on the Strava cool down. And be like, wanted to come check out your gym. You know, we do free trial classes if you want to try out a class. We do free trial workouts if you want to just kind of come test out the gym. So we're definitely open. We don't want to close ourselves off and make it seem like we're a private gym, invite only, anything like that. We're open to the public. We invite everyone out there to come check us out. Um, and hopefully, you know, let us know what you wanted, what you think of it. You know, we're still growing. We'll always want to look to improve um, in all modes as a business and also as a gym. Yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, you can find performance gains on California Avenue. Right. Uh, and right across from, from the Nut House. The Nut House, right. Uh, exactly. So if you want to get a beer and then come work out or, or vice versa, vice versa <laughs> work out and then go get a beer. <laughs> Those might be contradictory, but they I, might be. Sometimes they're not though. Sometimes they're perfect. Yeah, sometimes they're a perfect mix of both. But yeah, definitely come find us right in the heart of uh, California Avenue, Palo Alto. Sounds 
Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for Thanks coming to on the podcast, Ray. For sure. Glad to have you. Yep.